It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Walk this way, take a look. We put the picture's name on everything. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money from the movie is made. Baseball's the t-shirt. Baseball's the coloring book. Thanks, Paul's the lunchbox. Thanks, Paul's the breakfast cereal. Thanks, Paul's the flamethrower. The kids love this I went and saw Avengers Thursday night. So we can talk about that too. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. That needs to be the next episode. Like just our reaction. It's such a big movie. It is huge. It's just unbelievable how much they packed into that movie. Like if you had seen it, Dan, I would have said, dude, we need to do an audible and just talk about that. Yeah. I, you know, my brother wanted to go see it last night with my dad and and his two boys that are old enough to see it mm-hmm. and my son's not old enough to see it yet no no and i'm a little bit behind i still didn't see black panther which i i don't think you don't need to yeah but i i didn't see uh the last thor movie yet that either. one you need to see yeah and i yeah, figured you know, you know thor is kind of cosmic outer space mm-hmm. kind of thing that uh it probably had something to do with it and i was Actually, I was at Walmart Friday night looking for Thor Ragnarok, thinking maybe I have time, maybe I can catch up, and it was sold out. <laughs> so oh, wow. that says to me that uh, I'm not the only guy in that boat. Yeah. Nope. I mean, yeah. they had a huge display, huge dis- Avengers display, mm-hmm. with all ki- all kinds of merchandise, merchandise. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Had, but it also had all of the. Uh, all of the Marvel movies leading up yeah. to it. And that was, that was the one I couldn't find. So, yeah, we actually have a, uh, a new theater chain that moved into town. They bought out the uh, Dickinson theater chain. 
uh, in the in the greater Kansas City area. It's called B&B Theaters. And these guys want to make a – every time you go to the movies, they want to make it an experience like you're going to Disney World. And they went all – I mean, I'm not kidding. That's one of the owner's taglines. He wants to make it that big of a deal. So when they redid the main uh, theater that had 16 theaters in it, they put in an MX4D theater room. They put in a screenplay video room. Um, like one of the, one of the, one of them has like all these. It's like a park at the bottom of the area where you sit that all the kids can go down there and goof around in until the movie starts. And they huh. come and serve you. There's full recliner chairs. The MX4D one is where the chairs all rumble. If it rains, you get you get a mist. If it snows, you get a mist. If it's if it's lightning, lightning you know flashes a light mm-hmm. in the movie theater. I mean, it's a full immersion deal. And they went wow. all out with this theater. I mean, just totally revamped it over the last two years. I mean, it's a spectacular theater now. Now, when you as soon as you get outside, you can hear theme music from movies playing loud over the oh, whole parking awesome. lot. Everything is themed for whatever the big launches are. And then they put in a new theater, a brand new one that they built from scratch. It's a little one. It's seven theaters only, only seven screens. But it has a full bar. I mean, they sold drinks, every kind of drink you can imagine at this bar. And for Mm. the Avengers premiere, since this is like the third or second or third month that they've been open, that Thursday night. Chris Evans was there? Do what? Chris Evans was there? No. Um, Magneto <laughs> was there, though. Uh, they had a guy. They had everybody from the local Planet Comic Con uh, there, and they were all in character wow. and dressed up. So there was a Spider-Man. There was there was a uh, Magneto. There was a Black Panther. There was wow. some cherub-looking woman. I couldn't figure out what she was, but she was there. Um, and they were all over the place, and they had this lady uh, in the back corner on a piano, like almost like you're at a jazz bar, and she was singing... Uh, Fontaine songs, uh, whatever from from DS Nine. No shit. I'm mean, I'm not kidding. You. I mean, it was it was wow. fantastic. I was so blown away. It was a ten o'clock showing. I took my daughter and one of her friends, and we had the best time hanging out for about thirty minutes before we got into the theater. I mean, it was just they wow. did such a fantastic job. I love that little theater. I will see everything over there now. I mean, it's just fantastic. Um, but they went all out for that night, and apparently, that movie on just their Thursday night premieres. In the U.S. alone, banked uh, just over $40 million on Thursday night. Wow. Yeah. yeah some it's, insane amount of money. That's insane. So <laughs> They were saying that worldwide it may make like around $400 million over, over Opening weekend, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine. So it's- Man, did I ever tell you guys a story about when Marvel went bankrupt in the mid-90s and my brother and I talked about uh, investing? Did I ever <laughs> yeah. tell you about that? No, no. No. Yeah, I remember. He was um, – it was the summer. He, he had an internship uh, in Manhattan, and he and I shared a car at the time. So I'd have to get up early in the morning and drive him to the train, like ass early, like 5 a.m., drive him to the train, and then drive back and get back into bed. Sometimes I would drive him to the train and then just take a nap in the parking lot and then drive home. But we were we were driving to the train – and it was when this must have been like 1996 when Marvel filed for bankruptcy. And I said to him, you know, they say you should invest in what you know. These characters are not going to go away, even though the company is bankrupt. There's still value in these characters. Even if the company gets sold to another company, they're going to come back. And, and eventually, you know, it's going to be big. We should buy this stock while it's in the toilet. And he said, yeah, 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 that's a great idea. We should pool our money together and do that. 
And then he got on the train, and I went and took my nap, and we never talked about it again. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, flash sucks. forward, flash, flow, flash forward 20-something years later, you know, they're owned by Disney now, and they make a gazillion dollars with these movies. And yeah. even if we had just, even if we had just pulled the thousand dollars together mm-hmm. and bought as much Marvel stock as we could and just sat on it, we would be holding Disney stock now. Yeah, that's yep. you know worth tenfold more than that. I'm sure. Yeah, so, so I just pulled up the the box office <clears throat> total as of today. Domestically, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, that's foreign, three hundred and eighty million. Yep. What did it cost to make? Total of three sixty, or I mean, of six thirty. Wow. Do you know what it costs to make? Oh, probably 250, 300 million, somewhere in there. Because they, it probably yeah. cost more than that, actually, because they did the first and second one at the same time. Yeah, yeah I've read it's a billion dollars between the two. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Well, they've made most of that back already. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, they'll make it <laughs> they'll back. Make it That's back. not a big they'll deal. They'll make it back. By Tuesday, they'll have made their money. Well, they'll back. make they'll make all that back on the first movie alone. Little, and then the second movie will be pure profit if that's the way they did it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah you want to make it? You want to uh, make a billion dollars? You got to spend a billion dollars. Then you'll make two billion. Yeah. But welcome to Avengers that's cast. A, that's, that's how I always do it. <laughs> yeah. Spend a billion yeah. when I want to make a billion. You know, I had a similar conversation, Dan, with my with my grandfather and my father back in ninety seven, ninety eight, right before I got married. I was working on my grandfather's business with my dad. All three of us were working there. And, oh, wow. And my grandfather was, was, was probably the most brilliant businessman I'll ever know. I mean, even if I meet Warren Buffett one of these days, I would still compare my grandfather to be a, a better businessman than Warren Buffett. But um, we were all sitting around one afternoon, and Grandpa was having a talk with me kind of about my future and getting married and all this kind of stuff. And we were talking about investing and how important that is. And he brought up, he goes, you know, I'd like to buy some Apple stock. And at the time, I didn't know anything about Apple, and my dad yeah. really didn't either. And, and my grandpa probably didn't either, but he was, he was looking at it. I mean, he knew enough to be what, looking what at year, it. What year was this? 97, probably. 98, 97, yeah. 98. Yeah. Well, back then, they were the other computer company. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you could have bought their stock for probably 9 bucks a, a, a share, you know? Yeah. But he was like, yeah. we should put 1000 bucks each into it. And, and, and I said, well, Grandpa, I don't have an extra $1,000. He goes, I'll give you $1,000, and then you buy $1,000 worth of stock, and we'll see where we are in 10 years. And we had that discussion for a good hour or so, and then we never did it. And I, to this day, I yeah. kick myself in the ass for not doing that because that would have been worth yeah. a ton right now. Yeah. So. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, now that I'm severely bummed out, <laughs> let's talk about the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Daniel, you want to well, well, lead us on, off? Wait, and do the, Go ahead. We gotta hear Daniel's near miss. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mine. Yeah. Your brush with greatness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I've got one, but it's weird. I. Uh, That's what I we start, do. Yeah. So a few years back, I, I um, applied for what's called the Disney Writer Fellowship Program, hmm. and so okay. they take you for a year, and it's basically an internship, and you learn how to write scripts from Disney. And uh, so I wrote that you you had to write your own film and, you know, they would approve it or not or whatever. It's a sample. So I wrote a film called um, I Was a Teenage Superhero. And uh, it was all about this guy who who, whatever. 
anyways. Um, <laughs> I want to hear the story, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, okay, so the story was, and this was written, like, 15 years ago. Like, it's been a while. Um, so before the big superhero hype thing. And uh, it, it's a, a kid, and, and he's, like, totally in love with this girl that, that, that there's no way she would go for him. And then her car gets stolen, and uh, she explains that the car means a lot to her because her grandma gave it to her, and it was her grandma's car, and she has all these great memories. So even though it's kind of a junky car, you know, it's a lot of emotional value. So him and his buddy are nerds, so they decide they're going to be superheroes and go figure out what happened to the car. Um, so the first half of the movie, he's trying to, you know, Rue Goldberg, Tony Stark it, but he realizes that um, – he, that's not him, you know. He, he's trying to be this guy that he's not really, and so once he becomes himself, and applies, you know, what he actually knows how to do, which is build little mechanical things and, and you know, set up traps, kind of Home Alone style, he's able to successfully retrieve the car. So mm -hmm. it's all about embracing himself. Yeah, I, I kind of figured very Disney esque, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got a handwritten note, and I still have it. And it uh, it says, thank you for your submission. We really, really loved it. We picked 11 writers. You were 12. Oh, wow. Ouch, yeah. 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 And yeah, I was that's a near miss. That's definitely a near miss. Oh, I was pissed. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure, yeah. 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 But I don't know how many people they said, oh, we picked 11 and you were 12. So, because <laughs> I could see that too, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah. Huh. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> here's the second yeah. chances, I guess, you know, there's, yeah. there's plenty yeah. of them. We're all now I'm really, now, now I'm really bummed out. Let's <laughs> do this next week. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. I've gotten over it, but I was, I was pretty bad for a while. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Womp, womp. Yeah. All right. So should we get started? Welcome to TrekCast, the galaxy's most uh, just bizarre, crazy, off-the-wall, nuts Star Trek podcast. With me today is uh, Chad Waldo and Dan Lombardo, and I'm Daniel Reyes. Guys, how are you doing? Good. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always waiting for somebody else to say something after that. And I know. I say yeah. my part, yeah. and then I'm waiting, yeah. and then we're all sitting there, and that's where we have the. Uh, <laughs> it happens the almost every silence. week, man. <laughs> well, my favorite, my favorite is when all three of us speak, and then all three of us stop because we hear the other speaking, and then we all three speak again. And... Yep. <laughs> One of these days we'll get the cadence down, and we'll kind of know. But uh, until yeah. then, that's just that's life. So. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> I, you I know what? It's... When we when we go to Vegas and we uh, we do a show actually in the same room together, it's going to be a whole different experience. Oh, you know, we'll, we could we'll do the same thing. We could actually see uh, <laughs> see other people, yeah. you know, and, and and know that they're about to speak by the expression on their face instead yeah. of just yeah. you know <laughs> guessing. Yep. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. 
Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. See the amount of coffee I drink? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is going to be a blast. I am looking forward to that. I know what my exact yeah. plans are now in terms of that week. I have everything laid out for the uh, the national sure. sales meeting that I have to be at. It will be in Indianapolis, so I'll be flying out from Indy to Vegas. Great. Probably on a Thursday night. Uh, it might be, um, well, I think what they told me is Wednesday, Thursday. i got to double-check that, though, because um, every once in a while they say Wednesday, Thursday. And what they really mean is Tuesday night, all day Wednesday, and you depart Thursday morning kind of thing. So i got to double-check oh, that. But, oh, yeah. boy. But one way or the other, I think I'm flying out sometime on Thursday from Indy directly to Vegas. And then uh, I'll probably book my flights this week, and then we can talk about, you know, where everybody's going to stay. So great. Great. Once things start firming up, I'll probably, uh, I'll probably create an event in the Facebook group for a Trek cast meetup. And we'll, uh, you know, then we'll find out for sure if anybody, anybody else is going to hook up with us out there. So it should be a lot of fun. It should be. Yeah. Yeah, It'll be a lot of fun. One way or the (laughs) other, I'm sure I'll have a blast. I haven't been to Vegas. since Probably almost 20 years ago. So, Oh, wow. Okay. Long time. Yeah, it's been a few years for me. It's going to be about seven years since the last time I was out there. So, yeah. I think I'm it was excited. like three or four years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not that far away from it, really. I mean, compared to us, you're <laughs> straight drive I south. mean, you've got, you've got to take the horse to the airport, <laughs> and then you can fly out from Idaho. So. How many potatoes does that take to get a plane ticket? <laughs> it's not it's not the potatoes, it's the moonshine yeah. that, the, that the horse accepts. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> How often do you hear potato jokes? Is it like anytime you talk to someone from outside Dude, Idaho, it's they... it's on our license plates. Yeah. <laughs> it says famous potatoes, so like whatever. <laughs> well, every time I go into a five guys, they're always serving fries from Idaho. So, you know, I always have a little tip of the hat to Daniel out there. Here, here's the fries. funny thing you cannot get idaho potatoes in idaho <laughs> yeah they're you always export them out yeah, yeah yeah but uh i live so close to washington state like washington state's 15 minutes you will go to washington to get idaho potatoes but you have to come from washington to idaho to get washington apples yeah yeah I can mind see blown yeah yeah it's crazy it is it is the the, well, the thing you've got here is just stores that don't mix that that are put together. That's the weird thing. Right? There's a, like a, I don't know, like a mile from my house is this place called Ron's Discount Cigarettes and Seafood. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'll take a picture of it. So I thought wait you were going to say like a KFC and a Taco Bell together in one place. <laughs> no, no, no. So the smoked salmon is like actually smoking. Yeah, probably. 
Oh, the it's a big giant. fish with a cigarette in his mouth. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's crazy. Whatever. Fun city. Okay. Fun city. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, what's our big topic, to guys? Um, merchandising. Merchandising. Right on. Yep. Yeah, merchandising. Um, all the stuff from all the years. Yep. Yep. All the stuff. Um, you know, I did a little research. I I concentrated mainly on uh, on toys. We talked last time. I'm a I'm a vintage toy collector, so that's kind of what I know about. But did you see you know, anything you that you were like, oh, I got to get that? Um, nothing that I that I wasn't aware of already. Okay. But you know, what's, part what's of, the big one that you want to get? What's the big one that I want? The big Star Trek item? Yeah, that I want to get. Yeah. Um, well, both the big one overall and the Star Trek one. The big one overall, the the big. Uh, well, I need this. I mean, it could be a it. small item, but you know, the the thing that you're like, <laughs> oh, I gotta get it. Oh no, 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 the big one, the big one. We'll just say it that way. Um, 1985 Hasbro, GI Joe. They produced an aircraft carrier. It's oh. Literally, it's literally seven feet long. <laughs> it's crazy. like, it's like the guy who pitched it to the executives uh pitched it on on a friday before a holiday weekend like on the way to the elevator and the executive was like yeah 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 seven foot aircraft carrier great see you on monday and, yeah. <laughs> and then they built it but That's crazy. Uh, yeah i need the space for it first before before i actually go looking for it but um star trek um no i got a lot of stuff I don't think there's anything really in particular that I'm looking for. Okay. Um, that I like, that I'm actively looking for. A lot of the stuff you just find it when you find it. Right. But, um, yeah, we're kind of jumping around. Are we gonna do the news first? Yeah, and let's then... do the news. Yeah, let's, let's do the news. <laughs> let's go to. <laughs> let's go live to the newsroom. <laughs> you have my CGI newsroom over here. Yeah. Yeah. Cue the. Uh, <laughs> Now, now, news with Daniel. Oh, you're Reyes. bringing back memories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So, my first story comes to me uh, from trekmovie.com. And the title is Tarantino Star Trek Project Could Set Up Separate Movie Series. So, uh, Trek, or Trek, Trek Movie has got this pretty great breakdown about um, the new set of films. There's still talk of a, a Star Trek four for the uh, Kelvin universe um, with bringing back in Chris Hemsworth as George Kirk. So, you know, we talked about that before a little bit. They're not saying too much about what the idea is. And then they uh, they're also saying that Tarantino's film, while no plot points have been released, could be an entirely new crew, an entirely new ship, its own thing. So it would be its own universe. The Kelvin would be pretty much wrapping up in Star Trek four for that, that series. And then, I mean, ideally then um, discovery would take over for that timeline, you know? Mm. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting how they're breaking it down. The other thing too, was they mentioned that, um, <clears throat> that Abrams, JJ Abrams had to send out a, an email or a note to the cast saying that, hey, uh, guys, 
Tarantino came to the office. He pitched us something. We're going to talk about it. Didn't say one way or the other that they would be in it. Uh, both Sir Patrick uh, Stewart and William Shatner have said that, hey, um, if Tarantino's involved, we want back in. And uh, even Jonathan Frank says that he reached out to J.J. Abrams saying, hey, is this real? Because uh, that sounds awesome, and I want in, essentially. So mm-hmm. I, I think everybody wants in because it's Tarantino, you know? Yeah. Um, well, everybody wants that motion picture money, too. Sure. That's true. And the and the merchandising money with the licensing yeah. rights. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so, just hope they, whatever they do, they, they give it some good thought. And don't just jump on the first. Yeah, idea I don't want that comes along. I, I don't want you know Star Trek Reservoir Dogs. You know, <laughs> that's not what we need. Yeah. I'm Captain Black. I'm Captain Pink. I'm Captain. <laughs> okay, Green. that actually sounds kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing too that could go wrong is they could take these two different ideas that they're looking at and just mash them together. We all know how that ends. Yeah, that's no good either. No. Yeah, uh, I mean, I also, I mean, the Kirk, the Kirk character had his arc. Yeah. You know, we we watched we watched him die, and whether you like that film or not, you know, that happened twenty mm-hmm. something years ago. To then, uh, you know, dust off William Shatner and put him in the monster maroon again, and and put him into a film. I don't know. It kind of like cheapens that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how you can have William Shatner come on as Kirk again. I don't know. I'm not sure how you can do that. Well, I mean, you could do the mirror. You could do the mirror Kirk. He's just throwing Um, his hat in the ring, you know, you know, it's star Trek. It's alternate timelines, alternate universes, resurrection. I mean, William Shatner resurrected himself in the books Mm -hmm. after, generations there was some you know the borg like found his body for whatever reason and brought him back and and picard had to rescue him from the boy i never read the book this is just you know what i heard but i mean he he brought himself back and started writing more books i can distinctly remember um you know william shatner's face on the cover of a book wearing the black and gray first contact style uniform Mm. which i just thought was weird yeah but Mm. Mm. well okay so the next news story comes from uh, skynews.com and it's also dovetailing into the movies and it's british filmmaker sj clarkson to be first female star trek director so they got the director of uh, life on mars to um basically she's on board now to be the director of star trek 4 whatever you want to call it for the Kelvin timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very, very interesting. She's got a pretty great background. Uh, she worked on Dexter, Life on Mars, Ugly Betty. So she's done a lot of TV work, Jessica Jones even. Um, she's, not the I, first, she's not the first female director of a Star Trek, uh, maybe, a, maybe of a movie, but not of a, not of a, not of a show. No, not an episode. No, 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 no. Roxanne Dawson directed like <clears throat> yep. 30 or 40 episodes herself, I yeah. think. Yep. Yeah, well, maybe, not, maybe not that many, but I know she. I know she. Did oh, it was way up there. It's it's it's, it's got to yeah. be in the thirties. Yeah. Okay. It's got to be. I mean, hell, we can probably go look it up real quick. But um, I know it's way up there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think they they mean movie and didn't clearly state that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the the only thing I would say, like, I think it's great that they're bringing in a female director, but if they're gonna do a story about fathers and sons, which is kind of what I'm guessing they're gonna lean into with George Kirk, I would have liked to have seen like a father and son team, you know, uh, just to kind of mirror that. Like, I was kind of racking my brain about it, and I was thinking, well, it'd be kind of neat to see maybe John Landis and Max Landis work together, even though they're even though like Max isn't the best. But th- maybe there's something there, though, between the two of them, you know. Um, you know, I I look at it the other way. I'm kind of yeah. like, you know, while it, while it's great that they got a female director, there's a part of me that's like, who cares? If as yeah. long as the person's competent, and makes a good movie. Who cares if the person's a man, a woman, black, white? Yeah, Asian, if the talent's what there. The talent's yeah, there. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, that's kind of yeah. how I see it too. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's 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 a neat it's a neat uh, thing to state or note, I guess. But other mm-hmm. than that, it's not a yeah. It doesn't really matter. It, yeah, yeah. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for Star Trek to make its debut on the Hallmark Channel. I just want to see some <laughs> some, <laughs> some sappy romance on Channel. Yeah, Ford. yeah. I want to know if Ensign Lynch gets the girl at the end of the movie, and they live I, I just want Star Trek Pawn Stars. <laughs> Star Trek Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars. Yeah, just Quark, Quark yelling at Quark, people saying it's Quark not worth that much. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, can, you can always call it Pawn Far. <laughs> That's a whole different show. <laughs> There's my dad joke. On in the very morning. private websites. Yes, on a very private website, I'm sure somewhere it is called Pawn Far. Anyway, um, well, real, real housewives. I bet rising. there is. I do not want links in the group. I'll tell you no, that now. No. Oh. Oh man. So did you guys, did you guys ever, did you guys ever hear about the, um, (laughs) there's, there's a Star Trek, the next generation, uh, themed porno film that came out (laughs) about seven or eight years ago. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. There's a guy by the name of Giles, uh, asked, it's either Aston or Gaston. I can't remember can't remember his last name i met him a few times at uh uh at the conventions i got a couple pictures with him he he looks like a young patrick stewart he always cosplays uh patrick stewart he always cosplays picard oh but yeah anyway seen that guy before yeah. okay yep he he played captain picard in this uh they call it like a porno parody of star <laughs> trek the next generation Okay. <laughs> and I talked to him about it. He he didn't do I've never seen the film. I've seen I've seen like trailers for it. Um but he was in the film as as Captain McCard. He did not do any of the of the sex scenes. He was just there basically. Under the heavy lifting, so to say. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> he was basically there because he looks like Patrick Stewart. But right. from articles I've read online, if you buy the disc Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. 
They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. There's two versions of the movie. There's the porno version, and then there's a recut version where there's no there's no sex in it. It's yeah. just an episode. It's basically, it looks like a really uh, decent quality fan film. And apparently, it's like a decent episode. It's got a good story, and um, they did their research, and it fits into the, the continuity. Uh, huh. I don't remember which season it's supposed to fit into, but... <laughs> Um, it's one of those things where I'm afraid to order it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when I you really... do record the conversation with your wife, cause I want to hear that. Oh, yeah. That'd make for a great gag reel right there. <laughs> you know, I really, Honey, I really it fits wanna... into the continuity of the story. No, really. <laughs> it... It's just for the articles. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's just research. That's why yeah, I watch exactly. women's lingerie football. It's just research. <laughs> So, fundamentals. so if, if anyone out there in the uh, podcast world uh, knows of a way that I could view the clean version of this uh, film, you know, drop us a line. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And our last news story comes from CBR.com. And I posted this video in the in the Facebook group. And there was a new, hey, we're in production video for Star Trek Discovery Season 2. And uh, the article just kind of like points out some cool screenshots from um, from the Season 2, you know, production reel. Mm. Uh, one of them is that some of the new insignias. Um, those are pretty cool. There's even a graphic for the Enterprise. But one of the things I thought was really interesting is real quick they, they pan across what looks like blueprints for different sets. One of the blueprints is labeled Section 31. Well, so that, I'm sure we're going to see more about Section 31. Just with that little clip they released with uh, Michelle Yeoh here about a month or so back. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we're going to see more of Section 31. So that was that was the first thing that I actually noticed when I watched that. And when I watched mm -hmm. it again and again, I picked up on two other things. I'm curious if you noticed them, Daniel. What's the other thing you picked up on? Well, the second thing I picked up on was the basically traditional unit. I don't know why I didn't notice it the first time because it's obvious, but they've got on the Enterprise apparently they've got more traditional looking uniforms with the yellow and the red and mm -hmm. and the blue. So that's an that was an obvious one that I just didn't miss the first time around. I guess I was so excited about the seeing the notation of section thirty one. Yeah. The third time I watched it through, I noticed that when uh Michael Burnham is walking into some room somewhere, if you look at the the tag on the side of the wall for what room number that is? That's Spock's quarters. Yeah, and it says uh, seventeen oh one. Uh huh. The yeah, the uh -huh. Enterprise registration. There's also too. Um, they point out 
one of the schematics that they show pretty big is uh, Lorel's garden. So the the Klingon that got the 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 detonator for the bomb. Yep. At, yeah. So she's coming back apparently. So oh, yeah, I figure her and Tyler will be around. Yeah, but they're gonna have a lot more with her. Like they show like a whole garden, a chamber. So they're building an elaborate set for her. Um, I don't think the war's also, over. I think it's going to be like a cold war. Yeah. 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 Um, there's also talk about, uh, going to Saru's planet to see the predators that attack. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I cool. like him. I really like yeah. him. Yeah. I want to, yeah. I want to see more about him. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> and, um, so I don't know, you know, are they going to create a whole nother predators class? Are they going to use like, um, there's some talk that they're going to use the, the, the lizard like creatures from, the motion picture, I think that'll be the predator. But I, the lizard-like I don't know. creatures. I'm, 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 not, I'm not picturing that from from the original Star Trek motion picture, right? The, the Saurians. Is that their names? I don't. I couldn't remember. I their think names. so. Yeah. I think. I think so. I think yeah. it'd be funny if the uh, the predator is is Gorns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be, be funny. funny too. Yeah, that'd yeah. be kind of a funny little twist. Yeah, I mean, why not? They don't really do yeah. much with Gorns anywhere else in the whole damn series, other than the. Do they re- do that? I'm trying to remember now. the The time that uh, Kirk is on the planet fighting the Gorn, that's the first time you see him. Yep, and they but were did, in Enterprise. They there, yeah, there was an appearance of a Gorn in Enterprise, and I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, oh. but I think I think Kirk, I think Kirk uh, and the Gorn, I th- think that was first contact with the Gorn. Yeah. So for them to do something with them in the Discovery era, that would kind of that's true mess up the timeline a bit. Yeah. I I don't mind if they just make something up, you know, something. Yeah. New. Yeah. So just don't make it a tardigrade looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't like that tardigrade, do you? Not really. No. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I get what they were doing with the whole thing, but I mean, come on. Anyway. <clears throat> so I'm excited about it, though. I'm, I'm really kind of look, looking forward to it. It sounds like with the speed at which they're going in production that they may ink out a an episode this year still. Oh, I mean, and the other you? nugget. I mean. Yeah. Well, if they're shooting right now, uh, yeah, now is about the time you'd shoot if you're going to release for the fall. Yeah. In a typical series. Yeah. Um, the other thing they well, announced was the second, uh, the, the director for the second episode is Jonathan Franks. Yep, yep. And there's going to be a lot of flashbacks with Young Spark right. and Burnham. All right, I got to correct you there. We we took a hit after the last show for your uh, pronunciation of of Nana Visitor. Oh yeah, Visitor's Nana. name. Yeah. So so I, you know I have to stop you there and, and correct you. It's Frakes. Frakes. Frank. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Frakes. Yeah. That guy, that guy was pretty upset. Yeah. You know, and, well, and Nana Poo Poo wanna... too. I mean, you know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you saw my response. I did. Chad, but I, I did. No, 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 Batman. <laughs> yep, yep. That was awesome. It took me three or four times to figure out why in the hell is he posting so many pictures of her? What is he doing? <laughs> what the hell? And I mean, and I went back to it like a day later, and I looked at him like I still don't understand why there's all these pictures of pictures of Nana Visitor and then Batman. And then I showed my wife, and she goes, "What's her name again?" And I said, "Well, Nana Visitor. That's that's Shakira on the show." And she goes, well, that's why, Chad. 
<laughs> what do you mean? I mean, she got it in two seconds flat. She didn't yeah. know who the characters are, but she got it in two seconds flat. And I looked at it again. I go, oh, <laughs> damn, Dan Smart. <laughs> that was a good bit. It is a good bit. It was really good. It was really good. <laughs> No, yeah. I'm excited. That's I all think, the news uh, I've got. Yeah. If, I know we, I know we got people uh, kind of pissed off when we were talking about this before too, and even on the even in the group about how there's no way that they're going to get a second, you know, the second season out by the end of this year. It looks like it's going to be 2019, and now they're ramping well, up. That's what and, they said too. And that's what they yeah. said. Yeah. So I mean, we're just going well, off of what we heard. Thought. So it's different now. I have a yeah. thought on that. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of shows nowadays they'll break the season up into uh, a part A and a part B. Yeah, yeah, they so, kind of did that too with with the discovery. Yeah, the so well, yeah, they call it chapter you know, one and chapter two. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they, you know, they may get, uh, you know, they may get four or five of them in the can, and you know, do mm-hmm. do a part A, and then we might have a longer break before we get part B. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't know. We'll have to wait well, and see. The, the cynical guy in me says, okay, <laughs> if I'm if I'm uh, the head of CBS and I'm trying to milk this epic cow for as much as I can. I want two episodes released in October, two episodes mm. released in November, and two episodes released in December so that I can get subscription money for all three of those months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I'll release another one sometime kind of late in January of 2019 so no one cancels. <laughs> and right. I'll just keep piecing it out like that until March, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of, speaking of canceling, remember when I said they weren't charging me? That yeah. I never got charged? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know... Stupid me, I didn't look at the I didn't look at the uh, credit card bill close enough. I found the, I found the charge. Uh, I found they the got charge. their money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they definitely got their money because I found oh, the charge. I found it. My prayers months. have been answered. They got their money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found it several months after I stopped watching the show, so I didn't cancel until like two months two months later. Oh yeah, I hadn't opened I hadn't opened the app in two months, and I'm still paying for it. So, you know, the joke's on me. I could have been watching Odd Couple reruns the whole time, but no. Yeah. But if that service oh. was a little bit better, if you could watch all of the Big Bang Theory, you know, there's several. Um, is the big, yeah, it is the Big Bang Theory I was thinking of. They only show like the last like five episodes. Yeah. Or something. yeah. Um, if they showed all of those, you know, if they just had a little bit more on there, I probably wouldn't have canceled it. But oh, yeah. well. Oh, well. But no, I'm you know, thinking at this point. The Big Bang Theory. Do what? What? I've ne- I've never watched that. The Big Bang you've, Theory. You've never watched Big Bang Theory. No. Oh man. I feel wow. like my life is okay without it. Yeah, it probably right. is, but it's hysterical. It yeah. is hysterical. Well, here's what you need to do. I will find out which season it was, which episode number it was. Mm-hmm. But start the way I did. I will. I will send you the episode where. Uh, they're on their way to a Star Trek convention. That's the whole episode. Is they're on their way to to a Star Trek convention. So they're all in, in Vegas. Costume. In Vegas, yeah, yeah they're going they're to Vegas, yeah. And uh, okay. that's the that's the first one I saw, and yeah. I never looked back. Went back and rewatched all the old ones, and I mean, it's you know, it's a sitcom. It's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid sitcom, stupid humor, but it's about. Four guys just like you, me, and Chad, except mm-hmm. we're not physicists. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of sitcoms, so I think that's why it just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Period. Okay. You know, I like dramas and action more. So mm-hmm. that may be it right there. 
Yeah, but I think, well, give it a chance. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Just just yeah. given the number of uh, sci-fi and pop culture references that are in every episode, even just, you know, the set I mean, design, clips, the things in like, the background. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, one of the you know one of the standing sets is the comic book store that they all frequent. Oh yeah, oh, okay. so you know, just the just the cool stuff you see in the background. Plus, you know, I like to watch it with my son, um, and he spots things in the background all the time. Oh, that's Daddy, cool. Daddy, look, it's Batman. So. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, why are they talking about boobs again? <laughs> <laughs> just watch. Just watch the show. Some of some of it's not really appropriate, I would think, but yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's a sitcom. It's It is. Yeah. All awesome. right. So we got the news. We got the news. So I guess that the means news. the news. Pl- plenty of news-based tangents. Yep. Indeed. Got any feedback? Do we get any uh any I, I checked. Or? I didn't see anything. I posted in the group that we were going to be recording. Um, so Tim, Tim Hans did have a question for us. Oh, okay. He said, what are your thoughts of the Star Trek movie multiverse idea, which is being discussed as part of the two-movie deal, which was recently announced? So he means the Tarantino and the Star Trek Four kind of thing. So I feel like we talked a little bit about this stuff, but... Um, Does he mean yep. that they're batting around an STU, like a Star Trek universe kind of thing, where you just have a whole bunch of different... Stuff that goes together. Does he does he mean like that? I I think he means the fact that there's going to be two separate universes in the yeah. history, theoretically. Oh. You know, um, I don't really have a problem with it. Okay, so here's my hot take though. Um, I don't think the Tarantino thing's ever going to happen. I think people are going to get really excited about it, and it's going to be a neat idea, but it'll never come to fruition. Hmm. And that's, that's because he take. can't direct it. Not until uh, like 2022 just, or something. Yeah, I think it's too far out there. I think tastes are going to change. I, I think um, if, if Star Trek four whatever comes out or if we start seeing, you know, set photos in the next year or so, that's going to take priority. I don't see uh, Paramount saying, hey, we got to get two of these out. They, they just have not made enough money on the franchise to, to warrant that mm. unless like the Tarantino thing is like, here's $30 million, you know, your small budget, you're going to, you know, something that would for sure be profitable. But, um, I just don't see them doing deeping that, you know, dipping that deep into it. Well, in terms of like a, like a Star Trek universe where let's say you have like a series of three or four movies that all tie together from different viewpoints and then lead yeah, into one major conclusion of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like you marvelize it like that. I'm all for a, a movie about the Remans. I mean, I think the Remans are so underrepresented in the whole Star Trek franchise. I, w- I want to know more about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, okay. You're both sitting there stunned like, what? No. <laughs> no. I just... I, I... <laughs> I would love to see that kind of cinematic universe. I think there's precedent. I mean, you have precedent in the shows. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Next Generation, DS9, Voyager, they're all kind of in that same timeline. Yeah. Um, but I just don't see them throwing the money at it. No. You know? Yeah. Because no. you'd, you'd have too many. You'd have too many. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how to word that. I mean, what what would be the one thing that ties ties a, a different perspective movies together other than the fact that they're all in the federation is would, would it be a war 
Would it be yeah. something that Section 31 was doing? Would it be the stupid even, freaking time even war Even if they again? weren't tied together, you know, if they were yeah. completely standalone universes, I just don't see them throwing the money at that, you no, know? No, that's too much. I, I could see, yeah, it's too much. Um, I, I do think we'll get another Star Trek movie within the next five years. I just don't think... Yeah. I, I don't think it... I don't think it's going to be both of them. I hope it's sooner than five years. That seems like a long way. I, I do too. But, but, but I agree, it's going to take a while. They haven't even got, got anything nailed down yet. They've got a director, though. I mean, if you hire, if you honestly, if you go and you hire a director, then that means that your script must be pretty close to being scrubbed, doesn't it? Not necessarily. I mean, look at the look at recent things that have that have fallen apart. You got the Ben Affleck Batman movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> you've got uh, well i mean yeah, yeah. You know. well let's um, not hold up dc as as, as an example of, of yeah. what could go wrong no, because that's like saying, saying <laughs> here's a dying know? star <laughs> yeah it, well part of the idea is you announce it to get the buzz to get the excitement yeah. to get the project over the hump to get it actually going so i think that's what the tarantino thing is at right now it's a neat idea i'm sure and I'm sure years from now when we hear what the actual idea is, it'll be great and it'll be fun to talk about at conventions. But, like, wouldn't it be neat if they did do the Tarantino thing? I just don't see it happening, you know? I want to be wrong. I really want to be wrong. But I just don't see it happening. Well, his slate – I think the biggest problem with it not happening is if you – the reason I threw out that 2020 comment uh, for Mm -hmm. him is because if you look at the slate of stuff he's already signed up for, already taken advance payment on, directed, scheduled, all this crap – he doesn't have an opening to direct anything until 2022. Yeah. All right, that's four yeah. years from now. And they're not, if they've got something, and they've already hired a director, it ain't for it ain't for uh, Tarantino's deal because he's going to want to direct it himself. You would think, right? Yeah, or maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? It's all speculation. He's not going to true romance it. No, 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 he's not true romance. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's right. That's a great movie. It is a great movie. It is a great movie. When did that come out? That was what, 89, 91, somewhere in there? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Late 80s. Now, now I'm going to Google it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the True chick's Romance name? Is... I know Christian Slater. And who? what was the other girl's? What was the girl's name? Oh, man. Wasn't it? Uh... Hold on. I'll know was it, what's her name from House of Cards? Was it really? Was it her? It's Patricia Arquette. Ah, Patricia Arquette. Okay. And that came out in 93. Ooh, I was too early. Okay. Yeah. I know. I need to see this movie again. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. No. So. Dan's like, what? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I've never seen it, never heard of it. Never, don't know who those, don't care. Never seen it. I mean, it has a problem that most movie has, which is three words, not enough elf. But <laughs> other than God. that. How far? How far? Hold on, let me look at the timer. Yeah, that's right. On my phone. Yeah, we... See, we are. Oh, this, this is no, this no t- oh, you know, 50 minutes. Yeah, 50 minutes. Yeah, haven't gotten while. the topic yet. Five zero, <laughs> 50 minutes before yeah. the first ALF reference. Yep, yep. 50 minutes, not counting editing. <clears throat> that's so, right. That's right. That's true. Yeah. Well, oh, I don't know about goodness. you guys, but the, the next Star Trek movie coming out, though, that I'm really excited for, that I really want to see, is Snoop Dogg's movie. Because oh, everybody, everybody's what, in what it. What is that? I don't know, but it looks so what amazing. What is it? I've never smoked pot before for, in my life, people? but I want to have some weed while I watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, what, it looks right next door to Washington. For the, people, uh, for the people who don't know what we're talking about, what uh, what's the movie called? Oh, geez, I don't know. Let me look it up. 
Snoop. Oh man. Snoop There's some for, for those who don't know, there was uh God. It's like a bad this, B movie. Yeah, there's this trailer. For, it's not even a B movie. It's, it's called like a, Unbelievable. Like, a, like an L or an M movie. It's like yeah. halfway down the alphabet. Yeah, but it's right it's up there some, with Rubber and Thanks Killing. Some, some sort of comedy Star Trek parody sort of thing starring Snoop Dogg and a Thunderbirds uh, puppet doll, <laughs> doll version of, of Captain it's, Kirk. It's like Team about, America. Yeah, yeah, like Team America yeah, based on Thunderbirds. Um, and about 47 former Star Trek actors who apparently needed the money really bad to be in this film. But I don't understand. I, yeah, no, period. That's a that's a complete sentence. Yeah, I don't that's understand. a statement, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's see if they've updated it in the last couple of weeks to show when it's going to be released. No, it just says release 2018. What, what's the movie called? Unbelievable. Your Unbelievable. Three... What's, and what's the website so that people can go check it out? It's on Archangel. It's on Archangel Films. Uh, LCLA dot com. I don't know. Just search for Snoop Dogg Unbelievable and you'll find it. Okay. But uh, the three main characters are no shit Tuvok, Chase Masterson, and Harry Kim, <laughs> <laughs> along with <laughs> Captain Kirk Stillwood, the little puppet guy from Team America dressed up as Captain Kirk. And all three of them are walking down. Uh, uh, this is the the poster. All three of them have vacuums in their hands as they're walking down a <laughs> like a concrete path. It's <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. It really does. It sounds amazing. <laughs> we need to watch that all three of us at the same time and just talk over it the whole time. That's, That's fine. That's what we need. That's to do. fine. And for some stupid bring, reason, Gilbert Gottfried is in this so thing. I can talk over it. Yeah. I mean, what the shit? It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be hysterical. Yeah, <laughs> they started this thing back in 2012, which is also like not yeah, a good sign. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I was looking at uh, some of the years on there. And... Here, here's the list of people in this movie for those who haven't looked at it. Okay, Snoop Dogg, Gilbert <laughs> Gottfried, Garrett Wang, Tim Russ. Wong. Yeah, Wong. Wong before the other guy Garrett Wangadang, Tim Russ, <laughs> Nichelle Nichols, Chase Masterson, Robert Picardo, Marina Sirtis, Michael Dorn, Nana Visitor, <laughs> Walter Koenig, Linda Park, Connor Koenig. Koenig. What? It's Nana Visitor and it's Walter Koenig. Oh, Koenig. I always pronounce it Koenig. Okay. Yeah, me too. But... Kind of like Cognac. But anyway, again, this guy, this guy's watching. All right, sorry. He's watching. He's our uh, what do you call that? <laughs> our uh, grammatic? No, it's not grammatic. Check uh, fact check. Fact checker Doug. Anyway, um, <laughs> Linda Park, Connor Trainer, Michael Madsen. I can't even pronounce the next one. Man- Manu and Tariami. I mean, sounds just, good. Yeah, good enough. It keeps going though. I mean, Jeffrey Combs, John Billingsley. I mean, just keeps going. Michael Frost. Uh, I mean, just forty plus Star Trek actors. Wow! Over the years, Anthony Montgomery. Oh, geez, really? You could have skipped him. Oh, wait, is is that um, is that who I'm thinking is? Is that uh, Anthony Montgomery? Isn't that um, Travis? Travis Mayweather. Oh, okay, then that's okay. I'm all right with Travis. I was thinking of uh, the arms uh, guy, the armory dude, the British guy. 
Oh, um, dang it! Why can't I just watched? Uh, I'm halfway through uh, season four of Enterprise, by the way, and it's pretty damn good. Um, can't remember. I can't remember his name right now. What is his name? Uh, Malcolm. Malcolm Reed. Mm. That actor. Whatever. I can't stand Malcolm. Anyway, <clears throat> but I no, like season Malcolm. four is pretty good. Season four is pretty good. I'm actually like, what the hell? Why did they cancel it after this series? What? The- oh, yeah. Armin Shimmerman. That's another name that I should have. Who's mm-hmm. going to be in it? So that'll be awesome. But um. But no, it's just this thing looks crazy. Um, this unbelievable movie, Snoop Dogg, looks nuts. So, uh, and I'm almost. You're not gonna at, like what I'm doing right now, then. Oh, what are you doing? Uh, I figured out the press agent for the for the movie. Yeah. And I am writing. I'm a co-host of a Star Trek podcast with a large audience. Yeah. I'd love to have you on the film to, to come and promote on the podcast. So, yep. Boom. Yep. Send. Right. <laughs> Let's see what happens. That's awesome. Dude, Let's do anyone it. listening to this, tag the, the movie, say that you want them to come on TrekCast, that'll help and get them on. Yep. Yeah, you know you know what won't help get them on? Listening to this episode yeah, where I no. just <laughs> slam the movie for 10 minutes straight. Yeah, whatever. Well, they know what they're making. They're making <laughs> they, a parody. They know what and, they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not like true. they're taking themselves that's seriously, true. so it should be all right. Yeah. So, And yeah. they'll probably like all my right. read reference. Maybe that'll get Snoop Dogg on. Come <laughs> <laughs> on with that. He'd be like, he'd be like, Oh, shizzle my whistle, man. I come on and smoke the whistle with you. Sure. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to any of that, Chad. I know. My impressions right. and my uh, voices are horrible. Sorry. Yeah. Let's, I feel like you need to on. listen to the chronic now. Let's move on to the topic. Oh, my gosh. Should we really? We've only been recording for an hour. We haven't made it into yeah. the topic yet. Oh, man. Yeah, that's true. Let's get to that. <laughs> topic is uh, merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. That's where the real money is made. Um, From one green to another. So we're going to talk about uh, some of the merchandise associated with Star Trek. And uh, me personally, I'm going to concentrate on on the toys. But um, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. So who wants to start? Which makes it no difference in the first 50 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Dude, Dan, leave the church. You did some research, so. Right. Yeah, start it off. Okay. Start us off, buddy. Well, I mean, the earliest Star Trek toys seem to be models. Models aren't really toys, per se. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this company called AMT, they're known for models. Um, AMT stands for Aluminum Model Toys, which I don't think they're made of aluminum. And haven't been for a long time, but that's still the company name. And, uh, you know, they did some Star Trek models over the years. Um, interesting, what I found out is um, they got their license to do the first Star Trek models as repayment for help in building uh, models and sets for the series. Oh. They did the, yeah, they did the full-scale interior and exterior of the shuttlecraft Galileo. Mm-hmm. And they also constructed the Klingon Battlecruiser studio model. So that's kind of neat. Um, their Enterprise model, which is one of their best-selling models of all time, actually appeared on screen a couple times. Um, I think it said the Doomsday Machine. Um, and they also used it 
they used the Enterprise model as the USS Constellation. They, like, roughed it up and gave it some battle damage for the episode uh, uh, to, to be the Excalibur in the episode, The Ultimate Computer. So oh, that, cool. that, that's kind of neat. That's kind of neat when you find they use real world, uh, you know, real world model yeah. <laughs> as a as a filming model in the in the show. Um, yeah, I'm not really a model guy, so I don't know. I don't know too much about them. It takes a lot that, of patience. Yeah. To do them. <laughs> yeah. I think I, built, I like putting them together, but yeah, I haven't built one of these. There's a guy. There's a guy. Um, I hope he's still there. He's usually at the Star Trek conventions, but this guy, all he does is paint models mm. and he like, he'll put the model together and then he'll do the base coat and then he'll sit there with a little tiny brush painting each individual window. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. On the ship oh, wow. and all, all the little details. And by the time he's done, it looks like something they could use for filming. I've seen them up close in person, and it's it's amazing the work that this guy does. I wish I I wish I knew his name so I could so I could plug him, but yeah. uh, maybe I'll be able to find that out and, and uh, put put something up in the group. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But the next uh, the next Star Trek toys that came along uh, were from a company called Mego. Are you guys familiar with Mego? Oh yeah. Often mm-hmm. it's often mispronounced as Mego. Um, but the name Mego comes from the uh, the founder. It, it comes from his kid. His kid couldn't say "I go" or "I want to go." He would say, "You know, Mego to the store." Oh, that's that yeah. that he took that and named uh, named the company after that. But Mego were basically the action figure company for the 1970s. They were the ones. Um, they were about eight inches tall, fully posable. Yeah, they had like um, all the licenses. They had multiple licenses. Um, they could produce these things real cheaply because all the bodies were the same. To create a new character, all you needed to do was mold a new head. And they had cloth clothing, 
so they just made new made new clothing. So I mean, they had licenses for uh, Marvel superheroes, DC superheroes, Star Trek, Planet of the Apes, um, Chips. Uh, I mean, it was crazy. That, uh, what was the show? What was the show with it? Uh, Good night, John Boy. Uh, what? what was that show where they would all uh, say goodnight to each other at the end of the night? Guys, and the last one. Yeah. Can I can I interrupt with some breaking news? Sure. Yeah. I just got a note back. Good morning, <laughs> Daniel. How are you? Thank you for emailing us. And us as little indie filmmakers, we would love to call into the show. What time of date are you thinking? Let us know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so same bat time next or in two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. So that the works. Thir- uh, the 13th or the, the 12th? The 12th um, is a Saturday. 13th is a Sunday. You know, whatever works for them. Okay. I'll tell them both and ask them. Well, the 13th yeah. is Mother's Day, so that's not going to work for me. All right. 12th it is. <laughs> yeah, 12th. I was going to say, if I tell my wife, <laughs> I already yeah. made a goof uh, when we first, uh, we had our first child. Uh, she was, I guess she was, what, uh, eight, nine months old by the time the first Mother's Day came around. I didn't, didn't do anything for my wife on that day because she's not my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I got slacked so hard. Wow. Uh, so I, you know, I can't, I can't screw up Mother's Day anymore. Yeah, no, nope, not gonna do that. <laughs> nope. Sorry, can't go to brunch. I'm doing a Star Trek podcast with two guys I've never met. <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna be talking to the the writers from a, a, a parody, <laughs> all about how marijuana plants come to destroy the Earth. Oh my goodness, <clears throat> that sounds awesome though. Yeah, if they can do the twelfth, that'd be fantastic. Hell, I can do something during the week if we have to. Yeah, I'll find out. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling them we can be flexible and yeah. So. The Waltons. All right, the Waltons. That's that was the show. The that Waltons. was the show. Ah. Good night, John Boy. Yeah, Migo had the Migo had the ever coveted Waltons licensing agreement <laughs> and made uh, Waltons action figures. But I mean, they had the action uh, from Hunt or whatever. I can't. What's talk. that? Oh, never mind. I was making a dumb joke and I couldn't talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they also had Dukes of Hazard. Um, I mean, you name it, you name it, and and Migo had the license. Um, but yeah, so all the bodies were the same. All they had to do was make new heads and make new clothing, and bang, you had a new character. So they could produce these rather quickly. They could produce them rather cheaply, and they were cleaning up. I mean, they were selling these things hand over fist. Um, yeah. The Star Trek ones, um, actually, they actually changed the body design a little bit for the for the Star Trek ones when they got that license. They made new legs for them from the knee down because um, the standard Starfleet uniform, they were rather form-fitting boots that came about halfway up to calf uh, or even up over the calf. And that's just not what they had previously. They had... Uh, the the figures would wear like a cloth stocking sort of thing. Bat, bat, I'll use Batman as an example. He would wear, you know, his gray bodysuit and it went all the way down to the feet over the toes. And then he would slip those into a pair of boots. And the boots that they had just didn't look right for Star Trek characters. 
So mm-hmm. instead, they made they made new legs for them, and the pants came down just below the knee and met up with with the boot that was molded on, and actually looked looked really good. Um, they had quite a few characters. The you know obvious they had Kirk, Spock, McCoy, uh, Scotty, and they had a generic Klingon who looked a lot like Koloth from the Trouble with Tribbles, but he was only <laughs> he was only labeled Klingon. Uh, Uhura followed later, and they had some aliens. Um, well, before I get into the aliens, I want to point out uh, there was no Sulu or Chekhov. It's really weird. You couldn't uh, you couldn't collect them all. They left out Sulu and Chekhov. Huh. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, years later, another company Migo has since gone out of business, but uh, another mm-hmm. company. Back in the early 2000s, started producing reproductions of these things, and you know they righted that wrong, and they made a Sulu mm. and a Chekhov. So you can now collect them all. <laughs> At last. <laughs> but uh, what did they have? They also did two waves of aliens. Uh, let me look at my notes. They had an Andorian, a Romulan. Um, a Neptunian, and they had the Gorn. But interestingly, the Gorn, again, they were all about saving money. The Gorn is not a new design. They took the the Spider-Man villain, the Lizard, and just recolored him brown. Even though the Gorn, <laughs> even though the Gorn is not supposed to be brown, he's supposed to be green. And they they put him in uh, they put him in an outfit that looks nothing like what he wore. In the show, I think I think they just put him in the Klingons outfit, oh, which geez. also didn't look didn't look like the show. So that that company who started who did the reproductions um, and made the the Sulu and the Chekhov years later, one thing mm-hmm. they did do they said we're not going to reproduce the Gorn, <laughs> we're going to make a new Gorn that looks like what he should have looked like in uh, 1975 when you bought your Gorn. So nice, kudos to them for for doing that. Um, they had some play sets. They mm-hmm. had the uh, the Gamma Six play set. They also had an Enterprise bridge with a quote unquote working transporter chamber, which apparently was seen in one episode of The Big Bang Theory, but I don't recall that. Hmm. But I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. We established that fact. Yeah, exactly. That's why. <laughs> Huh. So another interesting fact about Mego is, you know, they were the action figure company of the 1970s. So mm-hmm. there's another famous science fiction property uh, that was in, develop- in development in the mid 70s. And, you know, they wanted to do an action figure tie in to their movie. It was a it was an independent. It was a small independent film. Uh, you might have heard of it. It was called Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Have you mm. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> yeah, so they approached Mego about uh, about producing Star Wars figures, and Mego said, "Nah, you know, that's not really what we want to do. We don't want to do a small independent uh, space film, so we're gonna we're gonna respectfully pass." Ouch. And yeah, yeah, as we all know, um, they sold about a 
gazillion Star Wars toys since 1977. Yeah. That movie put Kenner on the map. Um, Actually, it actually changed the action figure world forever Mm -hmm. in that the the standard eight inch size action figure was cut in more than in half and went down to that three and three quarter size, um, which is, you know, was the standard for, you know, decades after that. Um, even Mego in their later years started producing smaller action figures like that. Their, their later Star Trek offerings from the motion picture. Um, they had multiple scales, but, you know, they did that. They did that three and three quarter inch scale. Unfortunately, they never caught up with Kenner. Uh, no, too big of a leap at that point. Yeah, Migo, Migo passed away around 1982. So they have gone the way of the dodo, but there's still a lot of that stuff out there, and it's and it's pretty, pretty sought after stuff. Interesting thing about Star Trek toys mm. uh, that I that I've noticed is a lot of them were purchased by adults. So Yeah, they've always had that issue. Huh? Yeah, a lot of them were purchased by adults, which which is good and bad. Um, the good thing about that is, you know, a lot of adults purchased these things, left them in the package, and just, you know, put them in a closet, put them on a shelf. So years later, you can, you can still find these things still in the package 30, mm-hmm. 40 years later in excellent condition. Unfortunately, they're just not worth a lot of money if you have bought them in the hopes that they would appreciate in value just because there's so much of it out there still in the package still in good condition mm. i mean i i collect migos and i can't tell you how many migo batman i've come across where he's just ripped to shreds because you know that some kid just played with this thing for years and years and years and years and I can honestly say every Star Trek Mego I've ever come across is in immaculate condition. Mm. So <laughs> yeah. that says to me that, you know, <clears throat> the majority of them were not purchased by children or for children. Right. Hmm. So. I mean, diplomacy just is not fun for kids. I know. <laughs> I know. That's, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. And that's something, you know, I'm going to hit on that a little bit later, but that's something that plagues Star Trek toys forever it's yeah. just you know it's no action fun. conference table <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it's like with real scanning for life forms action mm-hmm. it's like, no no you need karate kicks and you know launching missiles and, and stuff like that yeah but um you need freaking laser beams mounted laser on their beams. heads lasers <clears throat> lasers yep <laughs> One thing that I found was interesting that came up in my research is um, when Star Trek The Motion Picture came out, they were trying to merchandise the hell out of it. I mean, they were, you know, they were, they fell behind Star Wars and they were playing catch up. Um, But one of the interesting things I found out is they struck a deal with McDonald's for a Star Trek themed Happy Meal. Um, David used to play the commercial every now and then in the podcast we'll have to we'll have to find the commercial it's it's a klingon talking about his uh his klingon happy meal mm. but i found out that that was the first time that mcdonald's did a themed happy meal really up until that oh. point there was up to that point yeah there was the happy meal 
and you got a toy. But this was this was the first one that was tied to some other property. Hmm. Now they all are. Yeah, now they all are. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Um, in the Happy Meal, you could get molded plastic rings and bracelets, a board game, glittery iron-on transfers. Which is exactly what you vi- want right next to your fries. <laughs> yeah. And right. a video communicator through which kids could str- scroll through a Star Trek comic strip. So it was pretty high-tech. Pretty hmm. high-tech stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm reading through my notes, so you'll have yeah. to edit out. You'll have to edit out some of this. No, that's okay. I'm making notes of okay, where. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> they did. Uh, they did three and three quarter inch uh, action figures for Star Trek: The Motion Picture, um, which, if you look at them side by side, Star Wars figures, they they basically mimicked star wars figures in every way uh they had they had kirk spock mccoy decker ilea scotty a rigelian a klingon an arcturian a Betelgeusean, a zaranite and a megarite um unfortunately migo mixed up the rigelian and the saurians so it's not a rigelian at all it's actually a saurian that you see uh, apparently, Ilea was not a very good seller. I mean, I don't know why a bald female action figure wouldn't sell amazing for boys 5 to 11. But um, story goes, you could find her on the shelf as late as 1984. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they also did a uh, 12-inch line for the movie with Kirk, Spock, Ilea, Decker, Klingon, and Arcturian, and apparently the Klingon is very popular because um, it was just a high, very high quality figure. You know that that movie era TNG era Klingon costume, the the black and gray leathery chainmail sort of costume. Uh, they reproduced that very well, so that's kind of sought after. Um, Yeah, I, I feel like this topic is <laughs> – I feel like I'm the only one talking, and this is not interesting at all. <clears throat> no, no, you're doing fine. We're just letting you go through your notes. I've got a few things I put together, but nothing crazy. Um, yeah, well, jump in whenever whenever you want. Yeah. Most of my stuff is about kind of the board games and um, actual video games and that kind of stuff that I found kind of interesting just because I'm a gamer myself. Um, always have been. Yeah, hop in. So, yeah, yeah, jump on in. Um. So in terms of the board games, the very first one ever made was actually in uh, 1965. It came out right after the uh, the pilot for the cage was was uh, put up, and it was a variant of tridimensional checkers uh, or chess. Oh, they called just they just called it space checkers. So that was right. the first board game based off of the show that only had one one episode so far. <laughs> so that was kind of weird in their timing of that. But at any rate. Uh, you can't find that thing anywhere in, anymore. But the one you can find, which I find fascinating, I want to know a little bit more about this. I didn't get time to delve into it. But a guy by the name of, uh, I'm going to mispronounce this, uh, fact checker Doug, uh, Lou Zochi. 
Lou, Lou Zochi, I guess is how I'm going to pronounce it. But, but he made a game called Star Trek Battle Manual. And it was designed and published by him in 1972. Unlike most other games in this category, it was played without a board, even though it's called a board game. It was played on the floor or a tabletop with no board whatsoever. Ships maneuvered on the tabletop using rulers, determine range, and using a uh, protractor like angle measuring device on the, on the counters or floor to determine facing. The game was produced without authorization from Paramount Pictures, leading to its reissue in 73 as the Alien Space Battle Manual with all Star Trek references (laughs) removed. (laughs) Oh, I bet. Yeah. 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 Then it was re-released in 1977 as Starfleet Battle Manual by the same guy. He got licensing... um, and he got all of his data and materials and all that from a Starfleet technical manual that was available at the time. And if you go on Amazon right now and you search for Starfleet Battle Manual, you'll see a picture of what the the 77 release looks like, which I find fascinating because on the very cover of it is a picture of the NCC-2113. I have no idea what ship that is, but it's got three <laughs> nacelles. <laughs> hmm. And on the other inside cover of that, which they show, it has a picture of... Some other ship, an NCC like two one seven, that has one nacelle, firing hmm. on okay. what looks like something from two thousand one, a space odyssey. I mean, <laughs> it's weird. It's really weird. But um, looks like they redid it too, because there's actually like a floorboard map thing with grid spacing that you put all these little ships and stuff in. But I kind of want this. This this looks like this would be a lot of fun to play. Hmm. Um. It almost makes you know. I know a lot of people in the in the maker space community that do you know they make their own board games, they make their own card games, and they do all this kind of stuff, and they put a lot of money into it, and they go through Kickstarter and all of this. But just looking at this and reading over the list, this uh, info on this guy in the last week or so since we just we took, we decided to do this topic anyway. If I was going to put together something, if I was going to make something, it'd be a rehash of this. This looks fast. I would love to have a game. Where it's a game, it's Star Trek related, related, and it uses Star Trek themes and ships. But other than that, it's actually a game you play with your kids that teaches them geometry without them knowing it. I mean, think about that. You put rulers on the ground, and you get protractors out. And I mean, that would be fascinating. That'd be that'd be great. There, there is a game out. I can't remember what it's what it's called, but you could probably find it at different comic book and gaming stores. But there, there is a, a Star Trek themed. Um, like tabletop war game, like uh, what are those called? Where, the, where you paint the miniatures and you you set up the you have your castle over there, they have their castle over here, and you roll to figure out how Dungeons far your dragons. No, yeah, it like no, a no, no, thing. no. The yeah. where you see them, they actually do the they do all the all the setups with the miniatures. They paint the miniatures and. Like Warhammer? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Warhammer. There is a, there is a, a Star Trek themed huh. game like that. I can't I can't remember the name of it, but it's all you know ships and fleets and. Yeah, there's a couple. Um, I know they were doing the Hero Clicks for a while. I think they did Star Trek ones. Yes, I'm not sure. I don't I don't think it's Hero Clicks, but I think it's the same concept as yeah. Hero Clicks. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. There's a bunch that. of. Yeah. But this I mean, one, that, this just gives me the idea of just making it myself. I like making stuff, so, you know. Yeah. I'd love to, like, if we have any listeners that have games that they've created, I'd love to play them. Yeah. 
Im Mund, ja. The other stuff that I kind of looked over, um, just real brief here, was, uh, of course, video games. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of fascinating. Some of these I'd never heard of before and didn't even realize they had games on these platforms way back then. But the very first commercially available computer game was in 1971. And it was a text game made by Mike Mayfield. And it was available on every platform you could get it on at the time. I don't know which, which ones exactly they're talking about, but I know it was available on like, uh, some of the first, uh, like PDP. Um, these are, this is, this is before Commodore. This is before, this is, this is personal computers that cost six grand, you know? (laughs) So this is way back. Um, and there's all, it was all a text game. Um, and the first time they came up with a script, for anything was actually in 72 and that was also on the PDP 10 uh, platform which is really old getting back there mm. um, but the first time there was anything that was actually really what they considered to be commercially available and uh, available to the masses was actually in 1973 called Super Star Trek and it was available on basic on the basic platform so that was kind of the, more, the, the first readily full time available um, video game anyway. Then it really got popular in 1977 with what everybody remembers as Star Trek on the Apple One, made by Interface mm. Age. Everybody knew that game, right? I had no clue. No. No. No, I didn't know either. <laughs> I didn't either. But they actually came out with another one called Apple Trek, which was made on the uh, Apple II by, guess who? Apple Computer. <laughs> they made a Star oh, Trek gonna- game. I thought you were going to say Sulu because, you know, it's more rhyming. Yeah, no, no. They, uh, no, Apple can, Apple actually made Apple Trek in 1979 uh, for the Apple II, which I find fascinating. I, mean, I don't understand how they did that, but okay. Hmm. <laughs> so I've got it. I've got the game. I just, I went and downloaded it. It'll run on my, uh, on my iMac, not an emulator. So it looks oh, kind of cool. fascinating. Yeah. So that'll be fun to mess with. But there have been more. There have been more video games around Star Trek than you could probably re- ever realize. I mean, just the count from 1971 yeah. until now is ridiculous. And in 2000, for some reason, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games released for Star Trek in, in 2000. Why? Oh, I don't wow. know. I have no idea. The only one I heard of and knew was a game I actually played quite a bit when it came out. It's called Star Trek New Worlds. Um, and that game had an awesome concept, and when it would actually run, it was fantastic. The only problem was, is depending upon which way you were holding your head and the coin you flipped beforehand determined whether or not the game would actually freaking run. <laughs> and they released it, and they put it out there, and there was never an update. There was never a patch. They just dropped it, and that was it. And from what I remember reading at the time, because I was so frustrated, I was like, this game is fantastic. If you would just like, you know, make it run, you know, that'd be great. Um, Mm -hmm. But the whole concept was, is it was a, it was a new planet that you had to colonize in the neutral zone because the neutral zone was, was changing or shifting and you got some planets and uh, the Romulans got some planets and, uh, but you had to establish a base there and then you had to defend it against Romulans because apparently there was this, first come first serve thing on these planets and whoever got it first and settled it and lived past the first year it was their planet kind of thing it was that weird kind of you know wild west mentality with it but 
the graphics were fantastic for 2000. Yeah, even today the graphics would look pretty good. Um, not bad at all. But uh, it was a fascinating game. It's just totally they totally screwed the pooch and just dumped it and left it and walked <laughs> off. I mean, they just they did. They really did. They hung it out there and left it. So I was really upset. Yeah. So and they came out with those same guys. It's Interplay Entertainment. They came out with of all those movie of all those games that got dumped in 2000. They're responsible for four of them. Wow. So I mean, I don't understand. You know, maybe they just try to do too much at once or what? I mean, they they kept releasing Star Trek games though. Like they released one in two thousand one called Star Trek Starfleet Command Two. Um, and then I think their latest one that they actually they released two games in two thousand one. They released another one in two thousand two, which was the 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 third one in that series, Star Trek Starfleet Command Three. Um, I think in the mid two thousands, there was uh, I don't remember which company it was, but in the mid two thousands, I know there was a there was a lawsuit regarding Star Trek computer games because um, <clears throat> some you know whatever company it was, they paid a big licensing fee to make Star Trek games, and then two thousand and when did they cancel Enterprise two thousand five. Yeah, that sounds right. The 2005, yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So they weren't making, uh, they weren't making any shows. They weren't making any movies. And this this company was basically like, we paid all this money for this licensing agreement. You guys aren't supporting the brand. So yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember how it turned out, but I think there was a lull in uh, in video game production somewhere around that time. Well, there was a yeah, um, 2006 Star Trek Legacy. Uh, was the first um, platformer to be released. That was Xbox 3... Well, the first modern platformer, anyway. Mm-hmm. That was released on Xbox 360. Then there wasn't another one until 2009. And then, of course, in 2010 is when Star Trek Online first launched. Yeah. It's kind of amazing to think that that game launched eight years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but the first real console game was released in 79, and that was on the Microvision platform. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then there was one a couple years later about for, that, that was released along with the uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, and that was on a Vextrex. I've never heard of Vextrex before. I've heard of Microvision. Never heard of it. But, uh... And then in 83, that was the big one, Strategic Operations Simulator. I actually had this game, and I had it on an old Atari that I got from one of my dad's friends. But 
It was available on every Atari that was out at the time, along with the Commodores. It was along with the Texas Instruments. I mean, it was actually on one of those high-end calculators. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, and then it was I didn't know every... they made other games for those calculators. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then pretty much every every couple of years on the big, on the big consoles, you'd get a new game release. I mean, Bridge Crew was just released last year, Star Trek Bridge Crew. For PlayStation yeah. 4 and Windows. Um, I'd like to play yes. that. That'd be a blast. But, oh well. But yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of little uh, little games um, in constant release. And, and now, of course, now that we're in the mobile era, mm-hmm. 2009 was the first uh, mobile game released on iOS, Star Trek, the mobile game. Never heard of it. Yeah, I've never Never played that. No. Never played any of the mobile versions. No. I, I played Timelines for a little while. Yeah, yeah. I still have that. Mm-hmm. I just can't stay engaged with it. <laughs> yeah, I gave up after a month. That was just too much. <laughs> I played uh, Star Trek Trexels for a while. That was kind of uh, fun, but it's just a it's just a grind of a game, so I, I deleted that. Hmm. You do the same things over and over and over again. Yeah, that, that's uh, that gets irritating. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Well, jumping back to the toys. Yeah, sorry, I just threw in my stuff. Um, no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, I think, pretty much left a bad taste in everybody's mouth as far as uh, as far as toys. So much so that when the Wrath of Khan came out, which everyone knows is a much superior uh, movie, there was pretty much nothing. <laughs> There was pretty much nothing. Yeah. Um, there was a Wrath of Khan digital wristwatch that served as a video game, and it had sound effects, um, but it was pretty much like a Space Invaders knockoff. That was it. So I feel like they kind of got on the opposite cycle of the Star Trek movie curse. Um you know, the Star Trek movie curse, it, it doesn't hold up anymore, but for years the thought was all the even-numbered movies are good movies, all the odd-numbered movies are not good movies. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they only made, you know, when they really pushed pushed the uh, toy merchandising, it was the odd-numbered movies. Right. Because, uh, you know, they, they did all this stuff for the motion picture, and, and then Wrath of Khan came out. It was a really popular movie, really well-made. And they had nothing. So when Star Trek Three came out, they jumped back into the toy fray. Um, this time, a different company had the license. It was Ertl, which was a strange, <laughs> strange company to, to get the licensing. Because if uh, I don't know too much about Ertl, but when I think of Ertl, I think of like diecast uh, cars and trucks. Yeah. Not really, not really action figures. And they, you know, they only did four, and they're choices were kind of weird they did kirk and spock obviously but they didn't do mccoy usually you think of kirk spock and mccoy as the the trinity um they did scotty instead so it was kirk spock and scotty and a klingon um they were still in that three and three quarter inch uh four inch size uh like the star wars figures but they were constructed more like a like a uh, 1980s G.I. Joe figure where they had the rubber band in the middle holding them holding them together. Um, I only have one of these. I have the Klingon. 
Um, and, you know, he's pretty cool looking. It's interesting to put him next to some G.I. Joes. Have G.I. Joe battle the Klingons. I don't know. G.I. <laughs> Joe battle the Klingons, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they did some ships, too. They did some die-cast uh, starships. Oh, that's they cool did. if they were die-cast. Yeah, I think doesn't say which ones they did, so I'm assuming I'm assuming it was the Enterprise and and probably the Klingon Bird of Prey. But they reused those ships when uh, Star Trek V: The Final Frontier came out. Um, they also they did some action figures for that, but they were more like statues. They were more like plastic statues, which I don't know who's. Whose idea that was? Plastic statues, you know, yeah. Yeah, well, you winner. know what kid wa- what kid wants to play with an unarticulated statue? But they're they're uh, the big item, the really sought after merchandising item that came with Star Trek V, the one you can only get by mailing away, has to be the craft marshmallow dispenser. <laughs> 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 I don't know if you remember the uh, the camping scene from that movie. Yeah, yeah. Where Spock pulls out this electronic device that apparently its sole purpose is dispensing single marshmallows. Yep. Uh, I don't know who came up with, with that for the movie, but um, it was a dumb idea for the movie, and it was an even dumber idea to, to merchandise it. But, yeah, there is an actual Star Trek uh, licensed craft marshmallow dispenser. How many marshmallows do you think fit into that thing anyway? I, like, you five? know, I don't, I don't know. There were three of them camping. So I'd hope at least three marshmallows <laughs> were there, <laughs> but here's the strange thing. It comes with an attached fork and spoon because I always use a fork and a spoon to eat my marshmallows. Who comes up with this shit? I mean, uh, really? <laughs> it's not like you can use the fork or spoon to toast them either. Like that's yeah. just gonna melt the plastic. Yeah, I don't know. Uh. I don't know. And uh, yeah, that was that was it on like the original stuff there, which brings us up to Next Generation, 1987. Um, once TNG took off, I mean, Star Trek merchandising just went bananas. Um, I can remember. You know, there was stuff from the Franklin Mint. There was, like, chess sets. There was pewter ships in Hallmark and pewter figurines in Hallmark. Uh, trading cards. Um, plates. You know, people would order these plates, like, you know, dishes that had Jean-Luc Picard painted on it. You know, if you go on Craigslist, you'll see them all over the place now. But uh, they were out there. They had action figures that went right along with the, you know, the the new series. Uh, it was a company named Galoob, um, and they actually they did quite a few. the The first series had Picard, Riker, Data, LaForge, Yar, and Worf, um, which right off the bat, you know, that's six characters. That's not a bad, it's not a bad start. And they had a series two, which had a Ferengi, Sealay, uh, which I guess is a some sort of lizard looking character. Uh, and an Antikin. And apparently there's a there's a Wesley Crusher and a Romulan, but it says here that they were never actually produced. There's, there's a couple of prototypes out there, so those are probably 
really uh, sought after items. Hmm. But they did a shuttlecraft, they did a Ferengi fighter, and they did a diecast Enterprise. Uh, I have a couple of these. They're a little smaller than Star Wars figures. They're about three inches, um, three inches tall. Some strange things about them. They they had the the phaser was like molded into the hand. So, you know, wherever your character goes, he's constantly got a phaser with him. So I guess he's expecting the worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know, they did two uh, two assortments. And then they stopped producing them. And, you know, we've talked about it in the past that TNG really picked up in like the third season. And by the fourth season, it was it was going full steam ahead. And that's when uh, Playmates Toys picked up the license for Star Trek action figures. Um, up to that point, they had the license for um, geez, Ninja Turtles. They made they made a lot of money in the late '80s and the early '90s doing Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and I think when the Dick Dick Tracy movie came out, they picked up that license, and then they got Star Trek. And for years, for years, they were just cranking cranking these things out. Um, let's see. Oh, when I stapled my notes, I stapled them out of order. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, from 1992 to 1999, Playmates continually produced Star Trek action figures. The biggest line was their four-inch line. They did them in four-inch, six-inch, nine-inch, and twelve-inch. But for the most part, the four-inch line. They produced hundreds of these things. And episodes specific too. Yes, yes. Episode-specific characters. Like, um, just to give you an example, uh, Threshold, the Voyager episode Threshold, where Tom mm-hmm. Paris Tom Paris turns into a lizard creature. Um, <laughs> yeah, not, the not space the, lizard babies. Yeah, yeah. Not the space lizard baby at the end where he yeah, looks like a say, big not tadpole. The, not, the, but, not that time, but the other time he turned into a lizard. Yeah, but, you know, the majority of the second act... It's Thursday again. (laughs) The majority of the second act, where he's walking around as as a a bipedal lizard wearing a, you know, blue surgical scrubs or or whatever. You know, they made an action figure of that. Guy appeared in 20... You know, the character appeared in 20 minutes of the show. And he's got his own action figure. Um, They did obscure characters. Yeah. Well, you know, but that's that was the draw of this line. That yeah, you yeah. really could collect them all, you know. They knew each each wave that came out. They knew, okay, we got to have a Picard in there, we got to have a Wharf in there, and then we can do, you know, a bunch of other characters. Got to have a Data in there. So, mm-hmm. you know, each each wave you would get a different version of one of the main characters and a bunch of lesser known characters. I feel so, like that's something they learned from the Turtles line, though. Yeah, the Turtles were the same way. Yep. Except that the Turtles, you would get, like, something ridiculous. You'd get Leonardo uh, dressed dressed in football gear. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but... but, but the idea is there. Just, we can resell the exact same thing, just different. Yeah, yeah, but with the Star Trek line, um, it was an actual version of the character that we had seen. So you mm-hmm. would get Data um, dressed as a gangster... 
from whatever episode on on the holodeck yeah. or you would get um sheriff wharf from the holodeck so you could get wharf dressed as a cowboy or um or even just doing obscure characters i mean they had loax on a troy there's a loax on a troy action figure out there from this line or you could get um trying to think of some of them the only one of those I'd want is where if you push a button on her back, she she reads her title for like six minutes and thirty two <laughs> seconds. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. But you know, you had each of the characters in their in their regular costume. Then the second wave, they said, "Oh, you know, the costumes were different in the first and second season." So they did first season Picard. They did uh, second season Riker because they didn't want to mold a new head and take the beard off. Um, (laughs) No, it's completely true. Yeah. Um, You know, there were a couple different Borgs. You had the regular Borg. You had Locutus of Borg. You had the Borg Queen. Um, You know, there's a Q. There's a Q figure. There's, there's, uh, there's Quark. There's Rom. They did a figure of Rom. They did a figure of Lita. They did a figure of Morn. They did a figure of Odo. Um, they did Bashir and then they did Bashir in the TNG style, uh, uniform because in the first episode of deep space nine and emissary, everyone arrives on the station wearing a TNG style uniform before switching mm-hmm. to the DS nine uniform. Right. They did target exclusive figures towards the end of the line where, uh, they were in the first contact style. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, uniforms. They did a Species 8472. That was a cool-looking figure with its three legs and, and those big arms all articulated um plenty of klingons they did they did a bunch of different wharfs they did a generic klingon they did gowron they did um christopher christopher lloyd klingon from uh star trek three. Oh, nice uh wharf's brother <laughs> um yeah they just they really 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 went all out did they ever do um, mourn they did mourn. Ah, yep, nice. I have mourn. Yep, I you? have mourn. That's funny. Yep. And one of the great things about this uh, Star Trek line is, like I said earlier, they, a lot of them were bought by adults. So mm-hmm. even though you know 1992 was a long time ago, if somebody wants these, they're still out there. You can jump in now. You know, twenty something years later, and 
and still collect these. Yeah, um, I just looked up that Sheriff Wharf, and it's pretty cheap. It's not too bad yeah. at all. Yep, yep. And what's great about this line, too, is even the characters they didn't produce, um, a lot of the a lot of the things they made, they reused molds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a Starfleet uniform is a Starfleet uniform. So, you, you know, you take this guy's head, put it on that body, you know, bang, you got a new figure. They did a whole... They did a whole line of uh, trials and tribulations figures, mm-hmm. where they took they took the TOS. They had done a TOS era bridge crew, um, and then they took the DS9 heads and put them on the TS, TOS bodies, and bang, they had you know they had trial and tribulation uh, versions of the characters. Huh. And what's great about that is the fans have done the same thing. If there's a character that was never made they've purchased extras and taken these figures apart and reassembled them the way they want them added Mm -hmm. little details little paint details and you know made their own custom figures to to fill in the gaps um you know for instance take a i don't know why they never did this one themselves but you take a character like rom the figure they did of rom was rom wearing a regular ferengi outfit it was like bartender rom but the you know the last half of the series he wasn't working in the bar he was he was working for um, he was an engineering crew yeah yep he was a bajoran engineer well if you look at his if you look at his bajoran engineering costume or uniform it's identical to Worf's. you excuse me not Worf. it's identical to odo yep it's identical to odo's uniform except it's a different color so what I've seen some of these fans do is they'll buy an extra Odo, they'll buy an extra Rom, swap the head, paint the body gray, and now you have, you know, you have engineering Rom, which they should have just produced themselves. But yeah, so they, uh, they, they engineered the engineering Rom. That's right, they engineered <laughs> engineering Rom. Mm. But uh, one of the one of the problems with this line is that it was geared towards collectors. So some of the decisions that they made along the way were probably poor decisions. Um, they did a lot of exclusive figures over the years with limited runs and upset some of the adult collectors who just, damn it, I have to own every one of them. And if you only produce 10,000 of them and you have to be at the Huntsville, Alabama 1996 Star Trek convention to get these two figures, yeah. how could I ever possibly collect them all? And that's kind of tough. It is tough because, you know, some of these collectors found themselves purchasing these things in the secondary market for Mm -hmm. a lot more than they than they should have. But the ultimate boner that they pulled was the uh, what's referred to as the 1701 debacle. There were (laughs) there were three figures. Um tapestry picard which was a sem- essentially um you know a regular jean-luc picard head on a um on an admiral kirk body and they made him <laughs> and they made him appear like he did in the episode of tapestry so this tapestry picard there was yar i don't remember which version of yar it was here, hold, and, hold on. Just pause for one second. That right there when you said that about Yar. Tasha says Yar. 
<laughs> nice. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> Bella wanted to be on the podcast so bad, and she loves Tasha Yar. So anytime. All right. She, well, yeah. we're we're leaving that okay. in. Okay. Okay. You go. Yeah. She she just won a uh, she just won a Fortnite battle, her first uh, fifty v fifty in Fortnite. So um, she mm-hmm. came in here to tell me all about it, and then. She was like, can I say it? Can I say it? I'm like, yeah, just give me a second. And then that was a perfect segue right there. You're talking about Yar. So anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Nice. So it was Tapestry Picard. Yeah. It was Yar. I remembered which Yar. It was Yar from yesterday's Enterprise. Yeah. And it was Barkley the first time he appeared on Voyager. So it was Barkley in the uh, yellow engineering costume for Voyager. Mm. And what they decided, this this was to commemorate I don't remember which anniversary it was, but it was to commemorate something. And they released these figures in an extremely limited amount. Um, They only made 1,701 of each of these figures. And the collectors lost their minds because, you know, you just couldn't get them. Yeah. You just couldn't get them at all. And, you know, there was so much backlash that they ended up re-releasing them in a box together. You could get all three figures. It was a standard release. And they called it the 1701 collection. And it still didn't satisfy everyone because the really, 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 really diehard collectors need every version of every figure. So that was just one more thing that they had to get. But uh, thankfully, I'm not that guy. Um, you know, I, I collect these things, but I collect them loose. So whether it came out of a three pack or or came out of a single pack, I don't care. It's the same figure to me, but, um, yeah, they're still popular. This line, they're still heavily customized. Um, they ended the line before Star Trek enterprise. So sadly there's no Star Trek enterprise playmates, action figures that fit in this scale however Mm. playmates also had the license for sequest do you remember the show sequest i loved sequest yes okay i didn't i didn't really watch it but if you look at the uniforms they wear on sequest they're black but they're very similar to what they wore on star trek enterprise so what many people do is they buy these Sequest figures and they customize them into uh, Playmates scale Star Trek Enterprise figures. So <laughs> it's just great to see, you know, the passion that some of these people put into, yeah. into Star Trek. It's like, oh, you're not going to make a Jonathan Archer? Well, damn it, I'm going to make my own. <laughs> but That's yeah, awesome. go online, Google Google custom custom Playmates Star Trek figures and you'll see some some interesting stuff that uh you know they vary from absolutely garish to just amazingly done huh amazingly done stuff i'm gonna speed up the last part of this because uh it's getting late yeah we've been going for a while yeah Yeah. we're we're at two hours for us but (laughs) oh man oh man here's another two-part show I'm going to speed it up. So after Playmates uh, lost the license, Art Asylum, Art Asylum did uh, did figures for um, Star Trek Enterprise. They were like seven-inch figures, didn't fit in scale with anything that had been done before. Um, after that, they continued to 
to do them for the other series. They did some TOS ones. They did some TNG ones. They did some DS9 ones. Uh, they had planned to do some Voyager ones, but it just it just never came around. These were really highly detailed uh, things, but they just weren't toys. They were totally geared towards the collector market. They don't have a lot of play value. They look really nice, but they're they're just not toys, and they're expensive. I mean, I can't justify spending, you know, twenty dollars on on a single action figure. That's just not me. Two thousand nine came along. Playmates got the license back for the new uh, Star Trek movie and uh, the Star Trek 09 movie, and they just churned out a bunch of crap. That's <laughs> I don't know how else to <laughs> to say it, but you know, they didn't learn anything from the past. Um, they produced them in, in three different scales, four inch, six inch, and 12 inch, uh, 12 inch. There was, it was very limited. There were only one or two characters. Um, the, the, the problem with the four inch and six inch, there was really nothing wrong with the figures themselves, except that you just, you couldn't complete a crew. If you remember the movie, they spend half the movie in cadet uniforms and half the movie in standard Starfleet uniforms. And the problem is you could get these characters in this uniform, you can get these characters in this uniform, and you can get these characters in both uniforms. But no matter how you sliced it, you couldn't put the, the complete crew together all wearing the same uniform. Oh, geez. You know, and a lot of people like to display these things and, you know, they want to set up their main seven characters. It just didn't make sense to have half of them wearing one thing and half of them wearing something else. So... Um, you know the second the second wave of the of the series was canceled and that's pretty much it i think the art asylum stuff every now and then they produce something through diamond select you have to order it through your comic book store but um i think they still do ships i think diamond select still does ships i don't know if they do figures anymore i i'm more concentrating on vintage stuff so i don't really buy any new stuff so don't really pay attention so much but um yeah i'd be interested to see if they're going to do anything for discovery they really haven't done much merchandising for discovery that i'm aware of daniel you did you uh i haven't really seen anything i know there's books and they're starting mm -hmm. to come out with comic books but I, I bet for season two we'll start seeing stuff yeah you know they probably wanted to wait and see if it was successful which you know yeah. it appears it is oh yeah but so that was my rushed second half sorry <laughs> call this dissertation. no 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 it's not uh it's not your fault no we just we just get going talking about things i mean we yeah. we, we talked off topic for you know 40 minutes before we really got underway but uh i probably left a bunch of stuff out if anybody's listening and uh, you know wants more information on something or wants my opinion about something or or just wants to correct me on something I I got incorrect or mispronounced you know or mispronounced <laughs> well it's a good time it's a good time to plug the Facebook group for those of you listening to the show that haven't joined our Facebook group yet this is the time to do it get in there and post pictures of there. your stuff of your merch your yeah, toys yeah. Your, all the things you've gotten over the years um, yep. We've talked about well, this before in the group, wanting everybody to kind of show us their stuff. Maybe this is a good time to redo that. Yeah. I, I think as things uh, solidify, I'll put up a post about 
when we're going to interview the unbelievable crew. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we can take questions for that, too. So that'll be in the Facebook group. Great. So. All right. Well, there you have it. Another episode in the can. Check us out at trekcast.com. Also, if you would, please subscribe to us via iTunes. Leave those reviews. Subscribe to us. we get some numbers. Get up the list. Get more listeners. Do more shows. Have more fun. But for now, we're all done. So live long and prosper, and we'll see you next week. I got, merchandising, I got merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. <laughs> Trekcast the coffee mug. Trekcast the bumper sticker. Trekcast the garbage can. You've been waiting really? to do that for two weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yogurt is in full effect. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.